Hey guys, just wanted to give you a heads up. This is the last episode of season one. We will be down for a month and we'll be back with season two starting in September. So during this month, we're going to play some of our favorites. Every week, there will be another episode up and I hope you enjoy them. Being a mother is an attitude, not biology. An unknown writer once said, if you give me any three words, I'll write you a story about my mother. Story is in our DNA. And of course, so is she. We gathered stories from men and women in all walks of life. Stories about the ones we have, the ones we are, the ones we know. This includes stories about stepmothers, godmothers, grandmothers, birth moms, foster moms, the mom up the street. It includes stories about not being a mom and stories about mothering in other ways. No matter how you slice it, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Hi, everybody. I'm Lupe Padilla Mitchell. I'm a life coach of mothers and families and a mother of three adult daughters. I'm Katie Mitchell, actress, writer, storyteller, and mom of a teenage son. So, Katie, is there a certain song or an album or something that reminds you of your mom? Oh, gosh. Well, there's so many. Uh, For sure, every time I hear Moon River reminds me of my mom. That's cute. Mm Mm-hmm. My mom, it's, there was an album by Edie Gourmet, Los Panchos, and it's in Spanish, and I love every song from that. And if I want to think of her, I always just play that album. Mm. It's really great. So today's guest is going to share a poem, and it's called Playlist at My Mother's Funeral. It's kind of beautiful how memories can be brought up by song. Benjamin Davis is an American journalist living in St. Petersburg, Russia, and he's the author of the book, The King of Foo. If you need anything from him, he's likely antagonizing his girlfriend by publishing humorous anecdotes about their love life in P.S. I Love You. Hi, Benjamin Davis. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, you know the drill. I'd love you to give us a little bit of setup about your piece and then read it for us, and then we're going to chat on the other side how's that sound great so uh so my piece it's called the playlist at my mother's funeral uh the original inspiration for this piece came from something my mother used to say when we were growing up she would always say that when she dies to throw a party because she didn't want people to be sad because she's lived a good life and it shouldn't be mourned but celebrated And I always really appreciated that concept, and I think it's driven a lot of my own ideas about death and dying. I mean, there are a lot of songs that throughout my childhood remind me of my mother. I mean, there are more than what are on this list, and and it's constant. Even just recently, I got her uh, an Amazon Alexa, and Hmm. uh, I, I taught her how to set the alarm so that it wakes her up every morning with Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. So, so she, yeah, she was saying that she loves it. It's like a great way to start her day. And and I remember that that's one of the, the parts of the story. You know, when I was a kid, uh, she used to come bursting into the room and start singing that song at the top of her lungs to me oh, and my brother. Yeah. Uh, so. And at about the age 13, you really liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the best. So. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much all of these are much, much deeper memories, but I just kind of wanted to capture it in a, in a, a short format that that really expressed uh, the, the core feeling of it. And 
I'm sure I could write a whole story for each one of the lines in this one, but. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, all of us could do that. I love that. That's what I love about this piece like so much. It, it made us think about our own playlists for our moms. But why don't you read your piece and then we'll um, chat more on the other side. OK, so the playlist at my mother's funeral. My mother always said, when I die, throw a party. It's been a good life. So over the years, I've made a playlist. Bronze lullaby for when I had ear infections. She'd stay up all night holding my ear, humming as I cried myself to sleep. Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis for dancing through the days when diapers were still a thing. (laughs) Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles for the four words she knew of it that she sang every morning before school, even when it was cloudy. Rise and Shine by Jesus for the three words she knew of it. On the days we didn't get up before she finished, here comes the sun. All That She Wants by Ace of Ace for car rides through western Massachusetts, visiting her best friend, explaining things I was too young to understand. And Love Shack by the B-52s for singing so loud pedestrians were impressed. I'm sure of it. (laughs) Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics for road trips to upstate New York. School's Out for Summer by Alice Cooper for the last song she sang before each of us left for good. And that dubstep song by Nero, I Can't Bear to Remember, for when the sound system in her car was too good to play the rest. And some songs that have yet to be sung, and I will happily play them all, knowing she will play none. Hmm. This, for whatever reason, as, as just short and sweet that this piece is it really really takes me away it takes me somewhere i i can't help but think about my mom but i also can't help but start to wonder what (laughs) my kid will come up with that's exactly this round i was thinking about uh i was thinking about my girls and what what they would say yeah yeah and by the way here comes the sun my kid plays it all the time he's a musician he plays it at home all the time and i just realized i'm gonna I'm going to figure out how to make that what he wakes up to, alarm-wise. It won't be me singing because then he won't play it at my funeral because <laughs> I, I might forever ruin that song for him. But anyway, I love that she did that. I love yeah. that mom did that, by the way. And it's such a beautiful way, and I think everybody could um, kind of describe their mothers in song, you yeah. know? And people they know and love in song. That's, that's yeah. kind of pretty. Totally, because it makes us want to like just sort of put out to all of our listeners to just pick the top three songs that you would play at your mom's funeral and share them. You know, it's just you sharing those songs, even though some of those songs mean nothing to me. I I, I was moved, you know, thrilled. Uh, I was sitting here with a big grin the whole time. Each one you said, I I, I know I interrupted your reading a few times because I couldn't hold back my little giggle. I wanted to talk about something that's on your website that made me just laugh out friggin' loud, <laughs> which is that you've been writing since you're five because you were assigned <laughs> <laughs> by some therapist to write about your parents' separation when you were you know, okay, just so, past toddling. I just couldn't believe that. So Katie told me that, that that was your first, like, a writing assignment, and I'm like, what a messed up kindergarten teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mm, not, no, not was, teacher. It was a therapist. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Therapists, I don't know. I don't know if they've evolved or maybe maybe they just didn't have as many drugs back then to prescribe. So they went with <laughs> they went with writing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that was it was just it was an experience writing with my parents. It was like sit with a parent and, and write with them and sit with the other parent and write with them. And I don't remember. Wow. it. Actually, yeah, it didn't amount to anything that I remember. I it's, it's not like it inspired writing in me. I didn't actually start writing again until I was like, you know, 20. Not like I can say again. It's not like I was a writer when I was five. Um, but when I, I didn't really start writing until I kind of got into my 20s. But that was kind of my first experience with that sort of imagination um, or creating it myself. Yeah. Maybe it traumatized you and you <laughs> didn't get back to writing. You haven't, you know, probably uncovered that yet in your adult therapy. <laughs> well, I mean, it is an interesting um, thing to have a kid do because you wrote alongside your parents. So you had to ask questions and had questions answered. So, OK, so it wasn't mm-hmm. as crazy as they thought it was. Me too. I, I, I pictured just you, you at just five <laughs> trying to just write phonetically <laughs> about your emotions over your parents' separation. That's what I'm sitting alone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sort of like a South Park episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk about some of your work as a writer or I'd love for you to. Sure. Um, so I well, when I one of the reasons that I kind of became very grounded in Russia is I did a project where I wrote a story every day for a year and I worked with an artist kind of like bringing that to life. So every day I wrote a story and he made a picture. But I've, over the past 10 years, I, w- I had been writing this poem. It's, it was like kind of, in my mind, it wasn't a poem. It was kind of this, uh, it was, I was trying to figure out, because I couldn't really remember my childhood very well. And so I just started writing about it. It tracks my childhood from being born until turning 18. But it's written as though the main character has horns and fur. And one of the things that I love and that I do in a lot of my writing is so just taking real events and, and applying magically realistic elements to them to highlight certain things. For example, like my and all adults are known as supervisors and my parents are just labeled based on their profession, except in times like, for for example, with like my mother, when I was when I was growing up, she did a lot of different jobs, like a homeopathic doctor. And I think she originally majored in computer science. She was an aerobics instructor for a long time. And she waited tables, and now she's a lawyer. Um, <laughs> so when I was a kid, I, I would instead of calling them mom and dad in the book, I call them based on their profession. So mm-hmm. my mom, through periods, is the homeopathic doctor. Except when she, when I have trouble or I need a mother or I need someone to protect me, she turns into mother, who in those times looks like him, and he relates to her. And she comes in and like when he's upset and, you know, vanquishes bullies and does other things. It's that's how it's written. It's like a magical realism memoir poem. And it's very, very uh, funny. I I think maybe. <laughs> Is this the one that's called The King of Foo? Yeah. I also loved the description at the end where you talk about bullies and and Jesus and all the things you're exploring in the book, but then also what the purpose is of adults. I thought that was hilarious. It's kind of um, things in the book is that adults don't really know what's going on any better than children do. We just pretend 
that we do. But if you see that like adults are just big kids and like one of the themes of the book is he's looking at all of the adults who are doing all of these ridiculous things and thinking like, where are the adults for the adults stop them from doing all of the dumb stuff they're doing? Why do I have to listen to them when none of them seem to understand what's going on? My um, husband has a theory that at some point when you get to be about 18, 19, all of a sudden you look around and then you just realize how batshit crazy all the adults in your life are. <laughs> you know, you look towards them and then you realize, oh, hell, what is this? <laughs> Very true. I remember that moment. I, know, I guess in my head when I was a kid, I pictured like, oh, I'm going to get it someday. <laughs> and why everybody does the things they do. There's a reason because they're adults and adults know things. Uh, but then I got older and I was like, oh, oh, nobody knows like <laughs> anything everybody's right. just figuring it out yeah that's how is your globe trotting how does all that uh, jive with your mom to have a globe trotting son uh i i think that she is okay with it she likes when i come home she's fine with it she has this room in her house uh she calls the pumpkin room and it's orange and it's small and it's off the porch and it's where me and the dog hang out and there's a couch in there. And uh, it's it's funny because my I've got two younger brothers and, you know, my younger brother, Tanner, he was living in the pumpkin room for a while. And uh, and then he moved into an apartment and then my mom got the pumpkin room back for a little bit longer. And uh, she, you know, she she made it her own again. And then my little brother, Elliot, started uh, working a, a job in the States and he ended up living in the pumpkin room. Uh, and I think <laughs> like a week before uh, or a week after he, he had moved out of the pumpkin room into a room upstairs, uh, I then came home. And so my mom is like, I was just getting my pumpkin room back. In here. So <laughs> I think I think she just I, I'm not sure if she wants me or the pumpkin room. I think me, <laughs> me traveling. I think she just hasn't had it. It's like her favorite room and she loves to watch TV here. But her kids keep coming and just consuming, <laughs> consuming her pumpkin room. So uh, that's how you kids are. <laughs> yeah. Job. We have a lot of fun, especially as I've gotten older. I mean, she's come and visit me when I've lived abroad because I've lived for abroad for a long time. Mm. And um, actually her and me and my little brother every year we try to meet and go on a trip. So because he also lives abroad. Sometimes he mm. goes back and forth. He's quite he's quite young. He came and lived in Russia with me uh, mm. for a while. And after that, we went like my mother came out to Russia and we traveled mm. around Russia and Romania and um, together. We travel really well together. All of mm. us, I think probably the music. We all have the same. Taste. <laughs> it ties you together. Yeah. yeah Lou, Lou has a daughter who lives abroad, too. And, um, and, and it makes for great family trips yeah we have the excuse of let's see where is she living now let's go there <laughs> yeah, right? we, yeah we travel well together I mean I think that that is one of my um one thing I will say with my girls being adults I just love who they are I would hang out with them even if they weren't mine um and we when we're together it's not mundane you know, a lot right. of people, if you have your mom live up the street or whatever, you take it all for granted. Your kid lives around the block or a couple miles away. You might it's it's we take it for granted. But my girls don't. My youngest is is at home still, but the other two are not. So when we are all together, it is it is pretty wonderful because it's not it's not an everyday thing and we don't take it for granted. Yeah, I think that's really nice. 
nice and really important. I'm glad that I got older. As I got older, when I was a kid, I guess my parents were, um, you know, authority figures. And I, and sometimes people who, who are my age, they still have that relationship with their parents. They still have yes. that relationship of, right. oh, my mom, you know, I can't do that because then I'll disappoint my mother. With my parents, they don't, I mean, they don't care. They're, we've just, like, as I've gotten older, they're more like friends now. Right. Than, yeah. Right. Well, their job is done. I mean, they're always there as an advisor or whatever if you need, but their job, so to speak, is done. That that air that sometimes we think we have to keep with our kids, and I'm not quite sure we don't need to keep that. I think we do need to keep that. It's not good to be friends with your kids when they're little or teens. They <laughs> need that. But then, but then once you know, once they're baked, once they're done, <laughs> once you take them out of the oven, good to go. You know. Well, and you and you um see that they your path is not uh, your mom your mom knows your path is not her responsibility yes you know when, when they're small you're it's your responsibility but as they get older you're like good luck to you you know you're i'm gonna sit here and watch well it's so yeah. wonderful to witness the the becoming of an adult oh. you know and and then where your journey is going to take you it's thrilling to watch that as a parent you know mm-hmm. i think not that mine's an adult yet, but <laughs> I feel like it Let's will hope. be thrilling. <laughs> yes, yes, God willing <laughs> that we get there. Um, we will. <laughs> if Charlie's listening, you know I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was an idiot. So I, I was I was always I, I couldn't I couldn't understand why people were allowed to tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're just I think they're quite thrilled that um, I, I, I turned out as a as a capable human being. Oh, my God. I mean, me, too. There for the grace of God. I mean, I thought I knew everything in high school and why this idiot woman kept thinking she needed to tell me how it goes. I, I had the same thing. And then now looking back, what a dope I was. I was like yeah. thinking. Yeah, uh, I always think, how did they not beat me? <laughs> right? Or, or send me away. <laughs> right? Just, or just put me in the basement and feed me scraps. And you don't you exactly. come out when you're 18. Just exactly. stay there. I, I wouldn't have had that much patience. I, I don't know how they did it. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Self medication, <laughs> probably. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where'd all my pot go? We had a guest on, and her whole story her mom was teaching her how to um, have her first mushroom trip. And that was fantastic. I did not have the exact same mom at 15. She wasn't teaching me those things, but. We did end up doing drugs at some point together along the way, but that's not the story today. Um, the story today. <laughs> that's not today's story. It reminded me of that, though. Um, I just wanted to also, I, I want to touch on a little bit about just music in general, the power of music in general, and how, first of all, we all know how it can elevate a mood or how it can just change the the energy in a room, of course. We get that. We've all experienced that. But how just the first few notes of a song can take us somewhere in our past uh, to a memory it's a time capsule to a person to a feeling of you know a mom or a moment with mom and and, and that's another thing that i loved about the fact that you wrote this piece you know like a lot of people write stories or an incident but you just generally said okay playlist here we go this is thing and this is each song this is this this is for this and it's a perfect example of him uh, watching his mother 
and knowing exactly how, you know, her mood and her being um, affected you and how it's, it just sounded like so much of it was just so uplifting and funny. And fun. Yeah. Your mom sounds so fun. Yeah. Yeah. She is fun. And she was very fun when I was a kid. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, that is what I love about music. I'm not a musical person. I'm not very good at music. Well, I, I love music and I admire music. Um, and I, one of my one of my closest friends is an amazingly talented musician, and mm-hmm. I'll always talk to him. And the thing is, I, I have no understanding, and the depth of meaning that goes into music from that side always always amazes me. But for me, a lot of times, you're right. Music for me is um, full of memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all of the time. You know, I can hear something, and it does. It it um, transports it just, you. It does, yeah, yeah, and just brings. I like recenters my brain in mm. in a moment. Mm-hmm. I agree. Me too. Absolutely. Do you ever write to music? I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I uh, pretty much every time I write, I, I will listen to music and. Um, it's it's nice. I've been on a share kick lately. I don't know why. I'll go through. <laughs> yeah. And, but what's funny is a lot of those songs and I didn't I, I've been on that kick because um, I, I didn't I never really listened to share. My, my friend recently played a share. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like that brought back so many memories and just so much of I know I've heard that tons of times, but I right. really had never been into her and so now like when i listen to it it's like oh wow and it just brings back all of this stuff from when i was younger like rediscovering a part of my brain that i that had just been sleeping for a while oh and i God, love that about saying the word share there's like a book just the pages are just being flipped in my brain of just share 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 all the different songs but yeah, that's right? the power of music it yeah really i is. think i mean well music is really the only um, I mean, it's not it's not like you can drive in a car with your family on this memorable adventure and look right. at a Jackson Pollock painting or, or you know, read read a book all at the same time. I mean, that's, right. it it offers I don't know, it, it sets an atmosphere for for memories in general. Yeah. I like that. So in those teen years when you were being a little ass. Um, oh, yeah. But what can you pick? Can you think of a song that would remind you? Of either yourself or your relationship with your parents at that time or mother at that time. Oh, oh, for my <laughs> teen years. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably um, not as sweet as those earlier memories. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that is true. I should, it's funny. Yeah, I think a lot of these are from, except for Love Shack. Love Shack was a big one when I was a teenager, maybe early teens. That was, that was a very representative. When I got into my late teens, I had a lot of, uh issues no i mean just just disciplinary like i said i was just an idiot i I wrote i I mean the my my book uh the king of foo is actually it's about all of that time and and um i think and and during that that period of my life it was mostly primarily getting stoned and listening to heavy metal and hard (laughs) work rock music and playing world of warcraft in the basement of my friend's house for like oh my gosh oh, you, go. I, I, you know it was it was a dark time i totally picture you it was a dark time it was a teenage time and it's it's and it's with those kind of things that separate you from your parents you know it's not something you interact with them and their yes. memories you're creating because you're locked behind a door 
away from them. You don't want to, you know, interact with them. Um, my middle daughter, and uh, she's really easygoing and always has been. And I always used to think, but some, but at certain times in her teen years, she would just be like, just in her room. She liked to be by herself. She likes to uh, just sit, read, watch TV, whatever it was she was doing. But like, if we had a slight argument, she would be really, really quiet. And then she, she would never argue back, which was quite irritating (laughs) (laughs) with the first one we we could, you know, keep at it. But um, this one would go up the stairs and she would close her door gently, not even slamming. And um, I always thought from the other side, she's just flipping me off. Like she wouldn't even give me the satisfaction (laughs) of doing it, but then you would hear her music and you would hear her, you know, or whatever behind her. But it was always her, her way of just turning her back on me and just walking away. (sighs) And, um, uh, then that's kind of you in a in the basement with uh you know with the video games and your music. It was that okay. Right now I'm separating from you and we are not going to have any more of these pleasant memories. Yeah, or right. we're not going to make one today, mom. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your your daughter sounds very wise. I wish that I was that clever when I was a kid. <laughs> oh man, that's that's perfect. I gotta send a letter back in time that's like don't engage, <laughs> like quietly, politely. That would torture me as a parent. I feel like that, oh, that's so it smart. Was torture. <laughs> yeah. I knew. I knew she and she would gently walk up the stairs, not, like didn't even put a heavy foot, as if I couldn't. She couldn't be bothered with me, and so then clever. gently close the door. But I knew she was flipping me off on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, but you can't see it or, or engage oh, or, or I know. use anything against no, her. <laughs> no, it used to be so frustrating. Yeah. 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 I, I was an engager as well. <laughs> yeah. An yeah, skater and an engager. I was always looking for that fight. <laughs> yeah. I used to do weird things. I don't know why. You know, I'd just be like outside by the fire or something. You know, we'd have a fire in the summertime mm-hmm. and the, the metal hot poker would get really, really red hot. And I don't know why my, even as a teenager, my brain was like, I bet this would go through the arm of the chair really nicely. <laughs> You know, and I would just do it, and then and then I'd be like, oh shit, and I'd put it back, and then like later, my dad would come like holding the whole chair up, being like, you know, and I've got I've got you know three brothers, but my father knew he came to me with that chair. I just, that's that's that was my entire problem in that age group. I was just for some reason my brain always that wanted like to a be. Good idea. Yeah. yeah, like what would happen if I do this? That was a terrible terrible idea. I think. Yeah, that was a lot of uh, I think. It, yeah, that's why I spent a lot of time during that during that period of my life with my friends. And actually, I could probably write a whole playlist about that period that reminds me of them. Okay. Um, I bet you can. But yeah, every time I was home, it was like I'm just like <laughs> melting a hole in the chair. It happened. When I started when I was a kid. I remember being like six years old and riding my bike outside on the street. And I just like came up and I stopped in front of my house and I just looked down and there was a rock and I picked up the rock and I threw it through the garage window <laughs> and, I, and, I, and like and to this day I remember that moment I remember the actions in my body doing that for, for the life of me I, I get no idea why I did it you, so uh, my poor parents that's so funny I, I do remember being a kid and um in our entrance in our house like the little porch I drew with crayon on the wall <clears throat> And uh, my sister raised me, so she was furious, and she kept saying, "Why did you do it?" And I would say, "Because I, I because I just 
I wanted to. And she would be, because isn't an answer. Did it? And I'm just thinking, what about that is so difficult to understand? Like, I'm looking at her like, what answer do you want? I just wanted to write on the wall. And Benjamin just wanted to throw, throw the rock the through the window. Seriously. Yeah, Seriously. yeah, I think. I think that's a thing that when we get older is like people always expect us to have an answer for everything. Like yeah. we need a reason for doing everything. But when you're a kid, I'm, I, I think I still probably have impulses to like pick up a rock and throw it through a window. I just don't do it because I don't know what I would tell somebody if they asked me why. And I know all of the consequences. But do or, I still kind of want to do it? Yeah. You're, or you're afraid of jail. That that first night in jail is always what stops me from that next action yeah yeah i don't want that (laughs) so now this explains perfectly why your parents are okay that you uh live out of the country (laughs) yeah i don't know he's gonna go throw rocks through someone else's window far far away far far away (laughs) yeah well benjamin thank you so much what a wonderful i'm so glad we did this i'm so glad we re-recorded and that the sound worked and everything but i'm i'm so happy that that we found you and that you uh came on the show yeah and then you decided to say yes for a second time mm-hmm. yeah of course it was very nice i was happy to oh, perfect well thank you for joining us thank you for having me okay that's the show and to find out more about our writers go to our website instagram or twitter if it's not one thing it's your mother and that's the number one not the word one want to do something to help us go wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe rate and review us five stars would be nice you can say something complimentary because you know what it really does help other people find our show and also share us with a friend because word of mouth is the best compliment join us next week